Good morning, good morning, everybody. Blessed is the day. If you have breath in your lungs, if you got movement, if you got feelings, and if you can feel, we're going to praise the Lord. Because he is good to us in spite of our circumstances. Things don't have to go good for us in order to know that God is good. And so we come in today with a shout and praise of hallelujah in knowing that regardless of what we see, what we think, or what we feel, God is unchanging. His word endures forever, and his power is the most powerful. So when we cast our cares on him, he knows how to do what only he knows how to do. And so I'm going to open us with a word of prayer today because he has enabled us to come into his house and he's given us movement. He's given us being in our right minds and he's given us self-control. Yeah, that's something a lot of people don't like to think about. But we do have self-control to use. And so if you would, please close your eyes with me and let's pray and usher in the spirit, the Holy Spirit and the presence of God today. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. We bless you. We honor you, Lord. We glorify you. Jesus, we know that without you, we are nothing and we have nothing. And so today, Lord, we come into this house and ask that you open our hearts and our minds, Lord, renew our thoughts in this praise and worship, Lord, in this service today. Lord, we ask that you anoint Pastor Chris as you do every time he opens his mouth to give us a word that is in season for all of the people who are in the congregation today. And Father God, we are lifting our hands and lifting our voices to you today to send up these melodic, heavenly praises to you, Lord, worshiping you, praising you, honoring you, glorifying you, Lord, and thanking you for all you have done all that you are currently doing, and for what is to come. And Lord, we praise you, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now we will have wonderful worship with Molly. Amen. Let's sing this, Christ is. Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand When everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad That I put my faith in Jesus Cause He's never let me down He's faithful through generations so why would he fail now? He won't. Amen. He won't. Let's sing this. And I've still got joy in chaos. In every season, in every situation, we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name. I've still got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense So I won't be going under I'm not held by my own strength 
strength Cause I build my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful in every season So why would He fail now? He won't, no He won't He won't, He won't fail He won't fail And I've still got joy in chaos I've got peace that makes no sense So I won't be going under I'm not held by my old strength Cause I built my life on Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful in every season So why would He fail now?
You have no rival, you have no evil. 
thank you father come on lift your voice up hallelujah glory to god lift your voice up father we thank you we give you glory and honor hallelujah hallelujah glory to god amen any good amen if you need prayer for anything right now i want to encourage you to come up our elders will be up here and i want to encourage everybody to pray for greg welburn he got up this morning not feeling well but thank god joe's here today amen thank god for healing in his body amen and uh, you know the, uh, the we, we believe healing is a completed work Amen. Um, and uh, you know some people say well I can't see it or feel it and I don't know if I got it well I asked something this morning in our small group and it, and it blessed somebody so much so let's use this as an example who in here because the Bible says you're saved believes that you're blessed amen. now that doesn't depend upon how much money you got can I have an amen? amen. Now, I don't know about y'all, I feel a whole lot more blessed with $1,000 in my pocket than I do $5 in my pocket. But yet, Scripture states I'm blessed. Didn't say how much money. And I've had people assume my whole life that I have a lot of money or I'm no, or whatever, because I've had people tell me that. So, well, we know you got money. Well, what do I say? No, I'm broke. No, I say, well, thank you. Praise God. Amen. I am. I'm blessed. I usually will use that phrase. I am blessed because I don't care how. But who in here knows healing works the same way? You may not can see it. It may not look evident to you, but in here, deep in my spirit, just as much as I know I'm blessed, I'm anointed to win, empowered to prosper and prosper to curse, I know I'm healed. Can I have an amen? And then sometimes we need some prayer. We need to agree with in prayer for that. So what do we do? We lay hands on the sick. But we know that God is at work in our bodies. Well, I can't see it. Well, y'all can't see him doing stuff in here. But he's doing stuff in here in me. Can I have an amen? I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm more excited right now than I've been in a long time about church, about life, about Jesus stuff. And it ain't like I've had, like, it wasn't like I was backslid, but he's doing something in here. And it's, and it's blessing me and I'm enjoying it. It's one of those little seasons where you're like, oh, don't stop, don't end, let this just keep going. Can I have an amen? So if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you because we know God heals and God answers prayer. So it could be for physical, mental, emotional, social, you, you lost your debit card. Can I have an amen? I don't know what it is. Amen. In fact, yes, uh, we got to spend some time with Molly, and thank God I was glad with this. Molly goes to the bathroom, found somebody's wallet, everything, about six, seven cards, and a beat-up driver's license that they'd been using to break into uh, doors. Can I have an amen? I know exactly what they were doing with that card. And so she looked at you. So we actually kind of, we didn't really like take a one prayer, but she's like, I'm, I'm believing I can get in touch with her. I wouldn't want my wallet to be gone. So Molly finds this person somehow on social. And they responded before we left. And they said, do you know where it's at? And we said, yo, we turned it into security. Somebody says, well, that ain't real big. It was big to them. Can I have an amen? It's big to us because God can meet that need. Amen. So if you need prayer, feel free to come up. If you're out there, just continue to worship with us.
of heaven pour your spirit out pour your spirit out we need we need a fresh wind the fragrance of heaven pour your spirit out on us pour your spirit out
If you are youth this morning, you are dismissed to go to your class. All the youth, you are dismissed to go to your class. God bless you. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings in just a moment. And uh, first, I just want to say this. If you are first, second, or third time guest, please fill out a connection card. You should be able to find one in the seat in front of you. It'll give us some information about you, and then we can give you some more information about us. It's just a way to connect. And uh, if you're watching online, you can, they're going to show a QR code for you. You can do the same thing with that, and you can help connect, help, help you connect to us that way, if you would. And uh, connection is good. Connection is good. I want to read a couple of verses as we get ready to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. You should be able to find an envelope right there in the back of your seat as well. And those of you who are watching online, you can give too. You can... They're going to show some ways on the screen that you can give, so we invite you to participate in this. But there's two verses I want to read to you this morning, uh, because a lot, you know everybody's looking for direction and provision. Those are things that we need in life, and those are things that are very important to us. But uh, Philippians 4:19 says this: "But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by." Christ Jesus. So we know how he does it. He does it by Christ Jesus. Now here's our part. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Can you say amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you we can come into your house to worship you. We thank you that we can worship you with the receiving of our tithes and offerings, Lord. We thank you that you do supply our needs, and we thank you for that. And we thank you that we can come to you with any kind of a need that we have, whether it's health, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, whatever it may be. We thank you that you supply our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we worship you for that today. Day. Help us to seek you and put you first in your righteousness in our lives. And we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And you may, may come up and bring your offering in the baskets. Thank you.
Glory to God. Amen. Is everybody good? Amen. Amen. You're still here, Michael. Amen. I, I thought you had to leave early. I didn't see you a minute ago. Amen. Give me some lights in here. Amen. Look at somebody and say, God is good all the time, especially to me. Amen. I, um, you know, one of the reasons why I encourage people, you know, I say stuff like that to myself all the time. Um, you just need to be reminded. I don't, I don't, there's enough Satan out there to, to beat us up all the time. We need to be reminded. If you got your Bible, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. Father, we thank you right now for your word. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that your word gives us life and peace and leads us into the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name, that your spirit is here to illuminate our minds, to help our eyes see, our ears hear, our hearts know and receive the engrafted word which is able to save our souls and that we will never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. I'm going to take um, seven verses here to build on something we did last week and um, encourage you to um, take some notes. Again, I, I, I say this, I don't think this is a deep message by any means, but it is a profound message if you apply it. Uh, everybody say, do something. It says here in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, so I'm going to break some of this down. So she's a wife of the sons of the prophets, so she knew Elisha. Uh, she had some acquaintance with him. And it says here, your servant, my husband, is dead. So evidently, this guy was one of the servants of Elisha. So again, there's a relationship here. So this woman comes to Elisha saying, and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So evidently he had some debt and that debt was big enough that, he, that she can't pay it. And the creditor is going to come now and take her sons and put them into slavery. Now that's a mean creditor. Can I have an amen? But at that time, that was very common, which is tragic when you think about it, but very common. Now, who in here again knows Satan has always worked on this earth and always has been evil and mean and he steals, kills, and destroys. He hates you. He hates people. He hates things with breath. He hates himself. He hates everything else. He's a father of lies and he's evil. Can I have an amen? amen. He's evil. Amen. He's not just evil. He's evil. Can I have an amen? That's a deeper level of evil. And if you don't get the devil out of you, you're going to L. Can I have an amen? E-V-I-L. Amen. Okay. Y'all heard me do that before. If you take the D out of devil, you got evil. If you take the E out of evil, you got vile. If you take the V out of vile, you're going to be ill. And if you don't get that out of your life, you're going to go straight to L. Can I have an amen? Okay. <laughs> Evidently, I hadn't done that in a while. So, so, so the devil's evil. The devil's bad. In fact, my, my dad told me this, and it's so true. Just take a piece of paper and draw a line. Now, if you ever do sales or study sales, this is called the Benjamin Franklin close, which means you put things on positive on one side and the negatives on the other side. And you list out the positives and the negatives. Now, a good salesman always has more positive than the negatives. Amen. So, so you got to understand why they're doing it. But the other side for you, as on anything, you need to figure out what the pros are, what the cons are. But here's the thing about Jesus. Who in here knows that there's some things that can kind of be a good thing, but at the same time might be a bad thing on this earth? There's always, you know, on this earth, there's only one thing on this earth without a negative, Jesus. But Satan and Jesus have no communication, no fellowship, no working together. If it's good, it's God. If it's evil, it's the devil. They, they don't work together. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Those two things do not work together. Yeah. Now, again, this woman comes and she comes up to Elijah, the man of God. 
So Elisha heard her cry just as much as God hears your cry. God hears our cries. Can I have an amen? In fact, in Exodus, I always love that verse in Exodus, in the children of Israel, and this is the story of Moses, and God says, I have heard their cry, for I know their sorrows. I love that. God knows where we are, what we're going through, and the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all ways like we are, just without sin. He knows what you're going through. So don't let the devil tell you he doesn't. Don't let the devil tell you that he doesn't love you or that you're going through something because, listen, you know why you're going through something? There is an evil devil. Can I have an amen? That's all there is to it. Now you may have been stupid. Can I have an amen? And have attributed to it. But if you were, just repent and just move on. Don't worry about that. Just, just you know, say, I'm sorry. Repent and change. Well, Pastor Chris, I didn't cry enough. I don't feel like I've repented. I'll tell you how you can tell when you repented, when you do something different. Because repentance, doesn't, I told somebody this week, the Bible says godly sorrow works repentance. It did not say godly sorrow is repentance. Because you can be sorrowful and not change. You can also have godly sorrow. And if you will let it, it will work repentance. But if you're just sorry... Because you in here knows why most of us are sorry. Because we got caught. Can I have an amen? It ain't that we're just all so contrite of heart. Who in here has ever driven on the interstate? And you're doing a little faster than you should. And you see that blue light. And all of a sudden you're coming up with reasons why thou art speeding. Can I have an amen? And you're like, maybe if I say this, maybe if I say that. I'll tell him I'm a pastor. I remember John Osteen said one time a guy pulled him in Houston. And he said this cop pulled him over. Police officer pulled him and said, this is Joel's dad. This is, but I mean, the church was like a mega church. He was on TV. And he said that officer pulled him over. And he said, uh, do you know how fast you were going? He said, well, I was. He said, but I, I'm, 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 I'm a pastor. I'm, I'm Pastor John Osteen. He said, he said it real quick. I'm Pastor John Osteen, Lakewood Church. He goes, I need your license and registration. He said, well, I'm on my way to a, to a ministry meeting for the Lord. He said, I need that license and registration. He said, brother, have you ever heard of God? <laughs> I mean, he started trying anything. The guy's like, he goes, do you ever use the letter G? I mean, he's trying to get it just, can, can you agree with me on something? He got a ticket. Can I have an amen? Okay. So God hears your cry. Then it says here, verse 2, Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now, we talked last week about how God can take us from, I won't call it where, to there. And that there's always a place of provision where he takes us. And as a church, this is one reason I've been ministering to this to myself and praying about this and just, just you know, meditating on this, is because I don't really know where we're going when this building sells. But regardless, I do know we're leaving this building this year. I actually prayed that last year, a year ago. I, I prayed leaving another building. I said, God, I said, I, I want you to get us out of that building in the next year. I want something that's, and I, and I listed out my reasons. And I didn't feel him say no. So I've just been believing in that direction. But on the other side, in fact, I told somebody this morning, uh, another pastor, we were talking, and I made a comment. I said, what's funny is, I said, the first building we were in, I didn't look for. The second, this building we didn't look for. I said, I'm just believing God's going to open up the next door. Amen. I said, on the other side, I don't mind having to fight for it either. Amen. But I believe, I'm just, that's where my faith is. But there's always a place of provision there, wherever God is. There. Now, who in here knows God is everywhere? 
Now, I've met people that say, well, the reason God can't meet my needs is this and thus. You ought to get rid of this and thus then. And again, if you're in the wrong place, repent and start doing right and figure out that problem. But it says here, what do you have in the house? Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. And I put in my notes, she looked at what she had and she didn't consider it of any value. Now, is that not the way Satan deals with us? You have no value. You've messed up. There ain't nothing can work good in you. I mean, he, they, nothing good comes out of, uh, out of Nazareth. You know, me and pastors, we always preach that and pick on each other. Well, nothing good can come out of Stockbridge. I mean, who are you? I mean, aren't you Mary's son? I mean, I mean we know you. Isn't that the way Satan deals with us? Who are you to tell people how to live? Who are you to stand and preach the gospel? Now, I had fun in the small group this morning. We asked that question. One of these questions I love to ask because it always gets a myriad of faces and looks going this way. And thank God y'all aren't looking at each other because if you were, you would not make eye contact. But I will say, who in here is born again, spirit-filled, praising tongues, loves Jesus, seen God do great things, raise your hand. Everybody raise their hand. I said, who in here has ever hit a, your hand with a hammer or something like that? And you said something you were not proud of. Well, we all raised our hands again. Can I have an amen? The same group that just talked about, but who in here knows we all work out our salvation with fear and trembling? We're all in a process. We're not judgmental of each other. We're accepting and loving. Give me a better amen than that. Who in here knows it's hard sometimes on this earth? It's hard putting up with devils. It's hard putting up with family. Forget that. It's hard putting up with yourself. Forget family and kids and wife and all that. It's just me. Who in here knows what that song is? It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my brother, not my sister, not my mama, not my daddy, but me, 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 you. I mean, it's easy to sit back and go, who in here has ever met somebody? Well, you should do this. Well, you should too. Especially if you're going to tell me. But now, who in, here, who in here knows sometimes truth is truth. And if you know truth, you know, before I ever had, before I was ever married and had kids, I am 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. I had married couples ask me for advice. I felt like a Catholic priest. Can I have an amen? God bless the Catholics. I'm putting it down. But you know what I mean? I, I, I've never been married. And I'd have parents ask me how to raise their kids. I actually told one, pastor's wife, associate pastor. I said, why are you asking me? She says, well, you seem full of wisdom. I thought I should lay hands on you and pray. Oh, God, give her some wisdom, because evidently she's nuts, amen? So I told her what I'd do. And some of it's what I still did. And it was just, you know, the conviction of my heart. But, you know, again, it's easy to sit there and look at what you got and say it's nothing. Don't ever look at your life and say it's nothing. Don't ever do that. You've always got something to work with. There's always something you can do. God, has, God, God doesn't look at anybody in this room or online and say, you don't have anything to offer. In fact, she says, in fact, her, your maid servant has nothing in the house, but, and thank God for the but, she did see that she had a jar of oil. But what gets me is you mean in that whole house there was just nothing else? And there may not have been nothing else. Evidently there wasn't. But she didn't even look at herself and think she had something within herself. Out of all the, out of all the, she still had two sons. Couldn't God have done a miracle through the two sons? Or herself? Again, the only thing she saw of value, if you will, and this is a great revelation, was a natural thing. And you should never limit God to your natural things. Because God can do supernatural things. Now again, and I put here, never forget, you always have something. You've always got something. 
Don't ever. In fact, I remember reading the testimony one time of a woman, and uh, this is, uh, oh God, back somewhere in the early, mid-80s. And she's broke, she's penniless, she's about to be kicked out, and she's got some, she's renting some farm. It was a a winery. Had all grapevines everywhere. And this is before this got big. And she's out there praying about, oh God, what can I do? What can I do? How can you meet my needs, meet my needs? And she saw all these vines. They're dead. They're just, they're just dead weeds. So she made a wreath, sold it. She made a bunch more wreaths, sold them. She got to where she was making wreaths every weekend and selling them at the flea market. She got to the point that she became like the number one person in that area to make wreaths, and then she started selling them eventually to like people like Hobby Lobby, who in here knows she ain't got no money problems anymore. I heard of another testimony of a woman who was behind her in her bills, believing for God to meet her needs. This is one of the best ones I've offered in a long time. And just praying for God to meet her needs and thanking God he met her needs. And she's on a flight and something goofy happens up front and she whips out her phone like we all do now and hit record. Posted it on her social and it went viral. I think in 30 days she had more than enough money off royalties that she's never got had another money problem again. And she makes money every year off that video. 60 second video changed her life because she had a phone. Don't you ever say you don't have anything. God can meet your need with anything and can do great things. And everybody say amen. amen. Then he said, verse three, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather a few. And I put in my notes, what often brings us limitation is us not doing enough. Amen. And not just believing enough. Yeah. I just now Jackson. I love this about Jackson. Jackson has one number. The maximum number in Jackson's world is a hundred. That's the exciting number of greatness, right there. He says there's a hundred dragons in this game. I know when he says hundred, that means that's as many as there possibly can be. He does not know that there is a hundred and one, okay, or a hundred point one, hundred. I don't know how many vessels she had, but to use Jackson's number, I hope she had 100. I hope she borrowed as many as possibly from everybody and anywhere. Maybe even make a bowl. Cup your hand, do something. Now, but again, this here, he says, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, do not bring a few. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you. This is verse four. You and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her, her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. I remember years ago, I'm at a tent meeting, and the guy preaching is preaching about God meeting your needs, but I never forget. He said they had taken up an offering that night, and they needed, now I've been in churches that do this, they would actually count the offering right in front of everybody. And I remember one thing, that they had a, a table, and they had two, like, ushers, and everybody would bring their offering and put it up there, and they would just open the envelopes right then and count the money. And uh, they kept it with record, but so that all of a sudden the pastor said, well, we're $65 short. We need you to give again. And uh, they would keep giving until they got you know, that need met. Well, this tent meeting service, he said, was similar to that, but he said they didn't actually count it right there. He said, but they'd take it back, and the song leader would sing another song and stuff, and they'd come out and they'd whisper to him, and he'd come back up, hit the guys, he goes, well, you know, and this is back in the late 50s. So a couple hundred bucks was a lot of money. And he said, all of a sudden, they were like, you need to, uh, 
receive another offering to meet the budget. And he looked at him, he said, he felt impressed. He said, just count it again. So the guy counted, and instead of having 101, I think the budget was needed. They needed like $202 or something. So instead of having 100 and whatever it was, 50 or 60, whatever it was, they had 101. So he asked him, he said, well, we, got, we found one more dollar that we missed. He said, count it again. They counted it over and over and over. And every time they counted, they got one more dollar until they hit the budget. Now somebody says, did that happen every night? No. Does this happen every day? No. But who in here knows it don't matter if it does or don't. Because we don't serve the counting and we don't serve the oil. We serve the master. And the master can make any of it happen. Amen? But now here's something I want you to notice. It says here, so he told her to do a couple things. Get the vessels. You know, um, go to your house, close your door. Pour out the oil. Sons hold it. Is that basically right? Basically right? And it says she did what? The sons went out and barred the vessels. They come into the house, close the door. They hold the vessels. She pours it out. Is that right? So he told them what to do. They did it. 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. So obedience is key here. You need to be obedient. You need to be obedient. Now, here's something to what I bet people, they'll do this. Well, I'm just not sure if I've missed it. Well, here's the thing you do. You obey to everything you know to do. And if you're unsure, you let God reveal that to you. But you are obedient to everything you know to do. Amen. It's not like you know you, you, well, I don't know if God really can. No, if you know to do it and don't do it, the Bible says that that can be sin. And everything that's not of faith is sin. So you need to know that you know that you're doing everything. And again, if, if you're not sure, ask the Lord. You know, I've told this many times. I had a, an intestinal issue for years. It bothered me. And I'm preaching for a pastor friend in, uh, up in Pennsylvania, him and his wife. And uh, out of that whole church, they got one family that's spirit-filled. Maybe two. But the one family that is spirit-filled is him. So this isn't a spirit-filled church. This is actually a very liberal church. But they liked me and they liked my stories. And so they always had me come up. But I'm talking with them and she looked at me and I told her, I said, well, I got this issue. She said, well, and she was big into herbs. She was a big herbalist guy. And she said, well, have you prayed and asked the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you? Why, what, what's the root? And here I am being, I'm not, in my head, I'm more spiritual than they are. Can I have an Amen. Because I grew up Pentecostal. Can I have an amen? But who in here knows you can be just as an idiot and still be Pentecostal? Amen, okay. And so here I am. So I said, well, you know, I really have it. She goes, and I still, this was so simple. She goes, well, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit. I said, okay. Now here I am. God, I don't even know. Lord. Sarah may have been eight, nine, ten. So this is 20 years ago, at least. Or more. And so she, we bow our heads. I'm sitting in this chair. Roger's here, Jill, her name's Jill. And she just bows her head and she prays. She says, you know, just this basic general, I mean, it's, again, we're more spiritual because we got volume on our side as Pentecostals. Can I have it? Ah, you got, you know, and, and we have infection, you know. No. She's just doing this little prayer. Father, we just ask you in the name of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just speak to Chris's heart right now. If there's anything he needs to fix, anything he needs to repent of, anything at all. And I mean like that, I knew I had enmity in my heart against a family member. I knew it. And I had never forgiven them. 
Now here I am in my 30s. I knew better, can I have an amen? But I wasn't aware of it. So just ask. And here's the most thing. I prayed the most simple, basic, repentant prayer. Never had that problem again. Never, 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 ever. And never will. I, I could be real quick on that one. I'm just gonna forgive you and move on. I ain't, I ain't gonna worry about it. I, you know, it ain't worth that. Can I have an amen? So, so do everything, you know, obey. But when you do obey, so now here's my point. Everybody say this again. Do something. Now, here's my whole point. If you want a point, this is it. When it comes to spiritual things, you need to do something. I have met more people, and I've done it myself. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Well, I know the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But it doesn't say about doing things as far as in faith. It implies that as if you will meditation. Now, who in here again knows that that meditation and prayer is waiting on the Lord, ministering to the Lord? No question, that's part of it. But when you have done all to stand, you what? You do something, you stand. See, we ought to be focused more on doing something. Years ago, if I was, a, I was an evangelist, I'm traveling. When I started traveling, I found me somebody who was doing it, Danny Johnston. I went to Danny. I sometimes call him Uncle Danny. I don't mean that disrespect. That's what my kids call him. And so they'll say, how's Uncle Danny doing? And so I, they said something. And so I went to Danny, and I said, how do I do this? I said, I know this is what God... He said, well, he goes, do this, do this. And then he goes, you do these three things. He said, if you'll do these three things I'm going to tell you to do, you will always stay busy. I said, okay. So I wrote them down. In fact, the other day, I found that sheet of paper I wrote back in the 80s in my office. And it had those three things. So I started doing it, and it worked. So fast forward about eight, nine years, I, I, this pastor friend of mine, minister friend of mine from Winston-Salem, I lived in Charlotte, so that's about two hours away from each other, a town in the middle of, of North Carolina, it's called Statesville. He called me, he said, would you meet me in Statesville for lunch? His name's Tim. I said, Tim, I'd be glad to. I said, you know, I didn't, I just figured you wanted to just, you know, have fellowship. So I drive, and thank God we went to a good godly place to eat. Cracker Barrel, can I have an amen? And so we go in there, so we got some good, you know, you know uh, fried okra and gravy and okay, whatever. So we go in there and we're sitting there. And now, now, Tim had been in a denomination that had pushed him out because he believed in spiritual gifts. So he had, ex he had experience preaching. He had, op you know, I mean, he, he knew what to do. He was also a musician and a good singer. And he's on staff at a church and this church kept telling him, so well, you just need to wait, just need to wait on the Lord. If you'll just wait on the Lord, it's going to open up. Just wait, just wait, just wait. That's all you need to do, just wait, just wait. I mean, if it's to be, if it's meant to be, it will be. Who's ever heard that hokum? That's nothing but hokum. Can't find that in scripture. What did James say? You show me your faith without works, I'll show you mine with it. I'll show you what I'm doing. And he sat across from me, he says, how did you do this? He said, how did you start? And what's funny is, I hadn't even processed, I hadn't even mentally ever processed this. We're having dinner Wednesday night with Molly and some of her friends that she works with at Ramsey. And all of a sudden, and I put them through the ringer. They're my daughter's friends, so I don't know who they are. Where are you from? Where'd you go to college? You ever done jail? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting up with them, you know. You know have, you, have, you, have you ever held up a bank? Have you ever sold drugs? And I'm having fun. I said, what do you do for Ramsey? Well, I was having fun with it, and they're all, we're all laughing. All of a sudden, they turn the tables. They look at me. When did you start preaching? How did you start preaching? How did you get your first speaking, preaching thing? How, how did it go from there? And I looked at them finally, I said, I ain't never thought of some of this stuff. It just happened. So 
Tim's asking me, and I told him, and I stuff that I said, but I said, as a minister, I said, I've always had a pastoral attitude to it. Who in here knows not everybody knows about our church in this area. So as a pastor, I feel it's our job, our duty to tell them to go out and seek and save that which is lost. That's evangelism. I said, I use that same attitude when I was traveling. I said, not everybody knows about my ministry. So I'd introduce myself. I'd send letters. I'd make phone calls. I'd, I'd meet people. And if they ever said, you know, do you ever preach out? I'd say, yeah, well, yeah, here's my card. I'd be glad to. I said, sometimes I went beyond that. I'd say, what date are we looking at? Tell me, you know, I, mean, I was ready to go. <laughs> you know, and so, but then I told him those three things. So we're sitting at Cracker Barrel. He says, man, he says, I've been waiting for like eight years to start an evangelistic ministry. He says, I'm telling you, he says, I'm always, he goes, he goes all, everybody tells me, just wait, just wait, just wait. Just, oh, God will open it up in his time. He says, I'm tired of waiting. He said, I feel like I should be doing something. Now, who in here knows there is a time to wait? If the Lord tells you to wait, you wait. But there comes a time when you have to stand up and take a step of faith. And I told him, I said, well, just do this. I said, this is what I did. I said, I'm not saying do it. I said, this is what I did. And it's worked for the friend of mine. I said, and it's worked for me. And I always stayed booked up pretty heavy three to six months. It was real weird. I never stayed, I, I, I mean, I sometimes would have something a year out. But it wasn't, it wasn't like I was 52 weeks a year. Has everybody got me? But three to six months, I was always pretty much week to week from that. And so uh, about a year later, I saw Tim. I said, Tim, how you doing? He said, man, he goes, everything you said worked. He says, I'm booked a year in advance now. This is only after eight, nine months. He said, and he goes, I'm actually booked a year and a half. I got some dates a year and a half from now. He says, I am busy every week. He goes, thank you for telling me what to do. Now, that's always been important to me because it's easy to tell people what to do. Let me rephrase that. But you also need to tell them how to do. And I had told him the how part, real, real detailed. And I would tell you the three things, but it don't matter to you. I mean, who in here wants to be an evangelist? See me after service, and I'll walk you through the process. Can I have it? Okay, but if not, no, it's not reason. And a lot of it just deals with, you know, keeping your heart right and stuff. But I had, he had to start doing. And what's funny was the moment he started doing. Now, here's what's funny. In that eight, nine months from the time we first had lunch to the second time we're talking, I had quit doing some of the three. I was only scheduled two months out. So it wasn't like there was some great blessing on him and not me. No, the blessing was the revelation of the knowledge. And if you'll just do it, it'll produce. So when it comes to certain things in life, you need to make sure you're doing. And you need to do something. I think that is going to be my new church slogan. Do something. When it comes to loving somebody, do something. Just do something. Well, I don't know what to do. Give them a good tip. Encourage them. Tell them they look good. Go out of your way. Last night we're driving in from Nashville and thank God we're coming back to Atlanta. Can I have an amen? I thank God for Georgia. I mean, God bless Tennessee, but I love Georgia. And we're driving through Atlanta. All the way through up there, all the way back till we got Atlanta. I never hit traffic. That is a miracle of God going through Chattanooga. My family has now dubbed Chattanooga the devil's elbow. Can I have an amen? It is always messed up with traffic. Always. In fact, we're driving up there in a transfer truck. The side of it had blown out. It looked like from Pepsi's. whole side of the, the, the trailer had blown out, and there's Pepsi bottles and stuff all over the interstate. Thank God we weren't going that way. Can I have an amen? Because they're just sitting at a standstill. We're just driving. Uh, but I hit traffic. Now, I want to get home. 
I got stuff to do. Now, I had been fellowshipping with family. I, I, had, I had the best week, I had the best week with my family. Cried a couple times by myself, just tears kind of just welled up because I, I miss them. I miss them all, you know, and stuff. But just, and I'm just thanking God for the best week. A miracle took place in my heart last night, guys. I actually let people slide over on the interstate. Can I have an amen? I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I was so full of love and grace and mercy. I'm, I'm flicking lights left and right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I'm not doing my thing, you know. Because again, I, here's what aggravates me. You'll see somebody with the tag, Fulton County. We know that person lives in Atlanta. We know that they know Interstate 20 is about to veer off and you should get in that lane. Can I have an amen? You should get in that lane well enough time so that we're not playing zigzag bumper cars with everybody else trying to get in. And we know that. And when I see that you're in Fulton County, that you're evidently of driving age, that you should have some knowledge and you're waiting to the last minute, I am not your safety net. Can I have an amen? I am going to push you off the interstate because you are now being a hindrance to everybody. And that is normally my normal go-to in and of my <laughs> needing Jesus self. Can I have an amen? But last night, man, I was so full of love and happiness. Man, I'm just flicking lights. Go ahead, go ahead, get in. Yeah, you, yeah, you can get in. You can get in. I actually had one goofball go in, start to get out, go back in, and then they went the other way. That person just needs to be off the road. Can I have an amen? If you don't know anywhere, and I mean, I'm not talking within miles, I'm talking within 100 feet. Left lane, right lane, back to the left. No, we're going all, and we're not even going in the same left lane, we're gonna go out to another lane. Guys, I just don't have patience for that. Can I have an amen? <laughs> Jesus needs to do a great work in my life, okay? But last night it was there. I was walking in love. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm still fellowship. Sarah Beth's in the car. Lisa's in the car. We're just driving the big truck. I mean, I'm just enjoying myself. I'm having a good time. You know what I did? I did something. I was choosing to walk in love. Amen. Choosing to do good to somebody. I'll give you a couple things that you should always be doing. Number one, you should always be meditating scripture. That's a, that's a do. That's a do something. I had somebody tell me today, uh, this morning, we were talking about something about healing, and they said, they said they had gotten some um, things from Kenneth Hagin's ministry years ago, and they, had, they started listening. They said it just blessed them. I heard Kenneth Hagin say this years ago. I think this is profound. If you need healing, you need to feed yourself on healing materials a lot. Watch healing um, testimonies. Listen to healing scriptures. Again, that's, that's, that's meditating. You need to be doing something. That renews your mind. I've said this all my life. When I had COVID, I put it on this one Christian channel. I played it for 24 hours. I'm probably about two, 36 hours, probably just nonstop. And it's funny, I heard some of the same programs two and three times. I got like, do I need to get on there and teach it myself at this point? I've heard it so, but you know what? It fed me. It blessed me. I listen to stuff sometimes now that I don't even, that I know. I know what they're going to preach. I've listened to it too many times. I've listened to the same message too many times. I still listen to it. Why? It reminds me. It transforms me. It renews me. It's doing something. I don't feel like working out. Ever. Can I have an amen? I've never had just this hit me and I'm going to go work out. But I am tired of being fat. So all that ends today Amen. and I've got my whole planner thing set up and I've got certain things I'm doing I don't want to do it one time to do it I have had to add additives to make it happy I have podcasts I get to choose to listen to that I want to listen to this is going to be good productive time as I walk 
and spend time with the Lord. Not really wanting to. Can I have an amen? Isn't that really bad? But I'm not going to do it because I feel like it. I'm not going to do it because it feels like the right thing to do. I'm going to do it because it's right. I need to do that. I need to get this into subjection. Amen? Amen. So you do so. You meditate. Now here's the other one you can do. Hang out with doers. So if you've got people who aren't doers, don't hang out with them. If, you, if you're wanting to lose weight and you've got people who are cheesecake eaters, resist the devil and run from them people. Can I have an amen, okay? Get, get, get something, beat it on their head. Thou wicked, foul spirit, get away from me or something. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, don't put yourself, if you're dealing with, a, if, 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 if you've got an issue with alcohol and, and you know that's an issue, don't hang out with people who are drinkers. I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 it's just easy. But on the other side, if you want to have a deeper spiritual walk, hang out with people who are. Come to the small group. You know, when I, when I was 16, I hung out with the old preachers. I never wanted to hang out with them. I've always joked, and this is true. I never wanted to hang out with anybody as stupid as me. So why hang out with people my age? Because everybody my age is about as smart as I am. I want to hang out with smarter people. I always hung out with the old preachers. Most of my friends for most of my life have been 20, 25 years older than me. And I love that. Except for now, because some of them are dead. Can I have an amen? <laughs> they would it be 95 or something now, you know. And I just would sit there and just enjoy. And I'm a talker, y'all know that. But I'd just sit there and listen. Unless they asked me a question. I just wanted to hear the stories. I wanted to hear how they got through it. I, what, what was I doing? I was hanging out with the doers. I didn't hang out with the guys who told me I couldn't preach. I hung out with the guys who told me you can preach. Can I have an amen? So number one, meditate. Number two, hang out with the doers. Now number three, fill your mouth with good things. The Bible says in the 103rd Psalm that he will fill our mouth with good things. You know what? Fill your mouth with the good things from the word of God. When you look in the mirror, tell, you that you, tell yourself that you look good. Amen. And you say, well, I don't feel real good. Well, the Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Well, that's a little arrogant. Can I have an amen? To look at yourself and go, Phew. Looking good. Amen. You might be like the guy who looked at it and he said, you know, <laughs> you know, the sun may shine on some dogs once, but on me it shines all day. Amen. But it does shine on me all day because his love encompasses me. His goodness and mercy follow me. Fill your mouth with the good things. Oh, I just don't know if we're going to make it. You know, at this time, this is just so bad. I don't know. Verse 6 says, It came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Well, go sell the oil, pay your debt, and your son shall live on the rest. Here's something else about doing something. When you do something, it is always more than enough to meet your need and take you somewhere else. Did you notice it didn't just pay the debt? It says they went and lived on it. Now, here's something as a church. I want us to begin to appropriate our faith for God to do something way beyond, to bless us so that we can minister, so that we can be, be stable, so, so, so that we've got a good place that attracts, that, that, that is engaging for, you know, we don't have youth in here right now, but for that age. What, I mean, if, if you told me you want, didn't you tell me one time you thought we should have beach balls in here? 
I don't know. Maybe you did. Huh? That's, maybe Chelsea. One of y'all said this. I said to them, I said, what can we do? They said, how about beach balls? I'm like, dear God in heaven, what would people say? I'll say this. If that's what it takes, we're getting six of them next Sunday. Well, I just don't know if we should do something like that. Hey, if it ministers to somebody and gets them to meet Jesus, and it's a beach ball, I mean, we aren't sacrificing the Virgin Mary. Can I have an amen? We aren't, we aren't doing something ungodly. But if it means, you know, painting it black and making it look whatever, if that's, because again, I was criticized at your age because I sang songs off the wall, not the hymnal. We just don't sing the songs of the sacred church. Now we're singing spirit-filled songs from the book of Psalms. I looked at somebody one time and they were like, I just can't believe y'all don't sing songs that are spiritual. I said, well, this song is completely from the Psalms. I said, how much more spiritual can you get than word for word from the book of the Bible? And they're like, well, you know what I mean. No, I do not. Can I have an amen? It's just not tradition. But I want us to do something. So I want us to find things to do. Now, one of the things that we can do in the next couple weeks, now next Sunday, we'll have little cards for you to give out. There's only like five Sundays until Easter. But between now and Easter, I want you to invite people. That's doing something. You can hand them out, give them to your waiter or waitress, pass them out, stick them on the urinal in the bathroom, on the back of the toilet. Somebody says, oh, that's disgusting. That is kind of disgusting. Can I have an amen? But I know of a minister who got saved. He was a hell's angel evil man and he goes in to go to the bathroom and somebody had left one of those chick tracks remember those little gospel chick tracks look like little comic books and he read it and got saved had a great has a great ministry in Alabama he's actually passed away he's gone on to be in heaven and his son's running it's a halfway ministry for me and tremendous ministry called Canaan land great great ministry and so what did he do somebody did something and it affected his life so here's my, 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 my challenge to you this week find something to do and if you say well I ain't got nothing to do again meditate pray just do something I promise you you can do something when I came home from Bible college I looked at my dad I'm crying I said daddy I ain't got nowhere to go I can't go to college it's too late I said Annapolis sent me stuff I was too late to apply for that I said Chapel Hill sent me stuff too late to apply for that I said even Oral Roberts sent me stuff too late to apply I said what am I gonna do so I got me a job. You know what I do after I come home from job? I knew I'm called ministry. I ain't got no way to go in ministry. I'd, I'd, just, I'd actually start writing messages. You got to do something. You got to have a message. You mean, ain't going to call you up and say, well, we know you're not experienced and never done this before, but get up here and talk for 45 minutes and let's see where it goes. So I'd have, I still got some of those notes. Some of them aren't bad. Some of them aren't good either. Can I have a minute? Okay. But I was, try, I was doing something. And I still remember that girl, Wednesday night asked me, she said, well, when was the first time you preached? That's where I said, well, I was supposed to preach at a youth service on a Sunday night. Senior pastor was scared I'd get, you know, I said, I was aggravated at first, but looking back, he was thinking of me. He was, a, he was concerned I would get up there and freeze. So he had me preach the youth service. I looked and I said, but I knew I'd never freeze. And they said, why? I, I meant this. I said, you have no idea how many hundreds of thousands of messages I had preached by the time I'm 16. And she said, well, who to? Me. Every time I cut grass, I preached. I remember one night, I was so full, just boiling over with it. I didn't have nobody to preach to. I walked over to a radio 
record player, big console unit my dad had. You know, the kind that was furniture. And I walked over and that was my pulpit. I didn't have a pulpit. So I got my text. I went to my text and started preaching. I preached to myself for about 45 minutes that way. I, I went to different verses. I preached the whole night. Every time I cut grass. I, there was one time, I still remember this. I was cutting grass and I didn't want to cut grass. So the way I would want to cut grass is I would preach. Because cutting grass, I never have understood this. Why do we cut it? It's going to grow back. Can I have an amen? We know it's coming back. Why don't we just concrete it, kill it, kills all it, do something to it? It's coming back. Why, why, why are we putting up with this kind of nonsense? Can I have an amen? Wasting thousands of man hours a year making the grass look good. And I'm, I'm, that was my thought as a teenager. I, I see the value now, but not a lot. But anyway, I still, I see. so when I, when I, guess what I do when I cut grass down? I preach to myself. So I didn't have anything to preach. So I just went in the house and kind of almost did this. Found me a scripture, flipped over a little bit, found me a scripture, and I said, that's what I want to preach. I preached on that message for about 45 minutes to an hour, just encouraging myself until I ran out of something to say, but I hadn't ran out of grass. So I had to go back in and get another verse. And I went back and I started preaching that verse to myself. And it probably was worthless, but I knew that that was in me. And I didn't worry about it. Can I have an amen? amen? Do something. In fact, do you know where I got this message this week? Preaching to myself. No, thank God I ain't cut grass this week. Amen. Amen. Thank God grass ain't growing at my house right now. This is called the blessed time. Amen. It'll grow later. And, and all my domestic help grew up and moved out. Can I have an amen? That's why we had children. I couldn't afford domestic help. We just had kids. And right now Jackson isn't of age. And when Jackson's of age, she'll live with us during the summertime by my mandate so that he can cut my grass. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Because Luke didn't cut grass great either. Can I have an amen? Okay, so... But you got to do something. So I challenge you, do something. No matter how small it seems, do something. You know what I'm doing this week? I'm actually going to go look at a building for the church. I'm throwing this. It's too small. I know it's too small. Why well, is just going to be a waste of time? No, I'm doing something. I'm going to see that building. I'm going to get ideas from it. I'm going to think about it, pray about it. And who knows? Maybe that's the hand of God. I don't know. With certainty. I don't mind going somewhere else and remodeling it, changing it. I can swing a hammer. Some of y'all can swing a hammer. Can I have an amen? And if we can't swing a hammer, we can raise an offering and pay a hammer swinger, okay? But guess what? We're going to do something. So look at somebody and say, do something. Now, you're going to hear that the rest of this year. Because we need to be as a church. We do something. We are engaged. We are involved. We do something. And once we know what to do, we do it with all that we have in us. Can I have an amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we bow our heads and we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Go ahead and come on up, Pastor Chris. Right now, if there's anybody right now who would say, Pastor Chris, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, whether you're in person or online, we just pray right now that you would make him the Lord of your life. If you'd say, that's me, and I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life, and do like you said earlier, repent, hold your hand up, anybody at all, in the house or online. If you're online, you can email us at info at gracesummitchurch.org. And we, th and I do, I thank you for the times when I get emails from people. Thank you so much. Pray this with me, everyone in here. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you are good to me and that your power has been extended to me. And I receive it. And I want to be a doer. I want to do something for you that's bigger than me, that changes others 
and changes me too. In Jesus' name, help me find something to do in every part of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we dismiss this morning, um, I think we've got some things we can put on the screen to let you know some things coming up, just to make sure everybody's aware of some things that are coming up. First Sunday, does everybody remember how we had the dinners on the first Sunday? So we're starting those back in March. So that's just, uh, what, next week. So be prepared to eat after service next week. Invite somebody to come with you, and we'll have a great time of fellowship. And don't forget the 945 class on Sunday mornings in the small group, 945 to 1030. Invite somebody to come with you. There's a few more seats in there so we can we can up. And don't forget every Wednesday Bible study with Pastor Chris at 730. And if you happen to miss it, you can watch it another time. But try to try to watch it then if you can. It's a good time on Wednesday night to watch it. And women encouraging women first Saturday each month. So when is that next one? Next week. February is a quick month, y'all. Next week. So ladies, next week, 1030 to 1145, Women Encouraging Women. Let's see, is that all? And then don't forget second Saturday prayer, which will be a week from next Saturday. A week from next Saturday, 5 p.m. And... Uh, Get to go eat afterwards. Would you stand with me as we get ready to dismiss? Father, we just thank you for this day, for this is the day you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your direction in everything that we do in all of our lives. And we ask you to be with us now. Go with us. Keep us. Bring us back next week. And we ask you to bless your people in every area of their lives. And we thank you for it now. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week.